Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. Um, we're concluding our message series on trust issues today. If you've been blessed by the message, I hope this has been blessing you. I hope that's been helping to break down some trust issues you may have towards God so that you can be in a better place in your relationship with him. If you're new here, please take a time out to fill out the connection card. We ain't trying to bother you. We just trying to keep you in the loop of what's going on and check in on you from time to time to make sure you're still alive and that if you need anything, we're here for you. Amen. All right, everybody, let's read together. Verse uh, 24, and it reads, let me hear you. If you got a mouth, read. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse 30. But when he saw that the wind was bolsterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. That's somebody's vocabulary word this week. Verse 31. (laughs) (laughs) And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Last verse, verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Go back to verse 31 for me. Let's read this all together. And immediately... I want to talk to you um, this morning about uh, persevering in your trust, persevering in your trust, persevering in your trust. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to be long before you today. I got something that I'm going to say really briefly. Hopefully you catch it by the spirit and it'll help you out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what I've come to find out about humanity and even thinking about my own life is that uh, sometimes the things that the world around me can sometimes sow seed or get me into a place of distrust. What I've noticed about things is that sometimes people have the faith to initiate things, but they don't have the faith to pers- uh, persevere in the thing in which they initiated. Ladies and gentlemen, there's things people start to have these great ideas to start this or do that, right? But they don't see it all the way through. Sometimes people start out with this zeal to want to follow Jesus. However, they start off with the zeal, but their zeal fizzles out as life happens. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is that life happens to all of us. You're going to go through life. You're not exempt from life. 
As long as you got breath and you are in this earth, you're going to experience life. Jesus even told you that, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Trouble, ladies and gentlemen, is inevitable. Everyone will see it. You know what all every human being has in common, no matter what of your social economic status and all that is, is that all of us are going to experience trouble in this lifetime. The richest person in the world has troubles. Their troubles may not be your troubles, but they still have trouble. The poorest person in the world has trouble. May not be your trouble, but they have trouble. What unites us all, ladies and gentlemen, is the, com uh, is the commonality that all of us are going to experience life. That's just the way it goes. But it's about how you go. It's about how you go through this life. How is it that you are, are going to uh, uh, achieve victory in this lifetime? It's in putting your faith in Jesus. Listen, we are so excited to invite you this year to Holy Week. Listen, on Sunday, on first Sunday, Palm Sunday, we're going to be passing out palms. We're going to be celebrating communion together as we celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And then Monday starts the seven days of prayer. I'm so excited about that. As well as on Good Friday, we're coming together to our corporate prayer as well as a praise night at the same time as we remember our Savior's uh, passion for us on the cross, and then guess what? It don't stop there, because guess what? He got up on Sunday, and we are going to be celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And what are the kids doing this year? The kids, we are having a big Easter egg hunt, so if you have your little kiddos, make sure they're here so that we can celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Jesus Christ and celebrate with an Easter egg hunt and some food. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So you don't wanna miss the festivities as we celebrate this huge weekend because it's all about the passion of Christ. And remember, transformation starts here. Now, ladies and gentlemen, people would say, well, how can I put my faith in somebody who doesn't, who I believe don't exist? How can I put my faith in someone, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, the Europeans in the white man's religion and all of this yada, yada, yada that's out here when you don't know history? history. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus is not no mythological character. He's not someone that the white man made up because he existed prior to that. Jesus says that in the, in the, Jesus, the, well, the Bible will tell us in the book of John that uh, in the word was God, the word was with God. And I mean, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. That means Jesus already existed before time. We also called him the ancient of days. And so what happens is, is that he's not what we've created here in our westernized culture, whereas though that he has blue eyes and a nice blonde beard and all of that good old stuff that you used to see painted in pictures. He is not, this is not the religion of the oppressor. No, it is the religion of the free. It is the liberation of knowing that when Jesus comes, oh God, when Jesus comes into the earth, he came to liberate it. He said that I came to set captives free. He came to set you free from your captivity of your mind, from the captivity of your soul. He came to set you what? Free. 
Ladies and gentlemen, oftentimes it is the outside noise and the things that we have around us and the worldview of which we grew up in, ladies and gentlemen, that dictates where we should put our trust in. And so when people come into your mind and begin to uh, say various things and sow seeds that you don't know that is being really sown into your mind, it starts to create a belief system. And so you create a belief system on these various things that are out there without you truly experiencing it for yourself. And so a lot of people's beliefs are not even their own. They were shaped because of the perspective of others and what their worldview was in. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't give my life to Christ because I grew up in church. I gave, or my parents or my father was a minister and all of that stuff like that. No, I gave my life to Christ because what I realized that in any other religion, the only thing that I see that's constant with everything is that there is a God that actually proved himself to humanity. What am I trying to tell you? That in every other God that say that they're God and all of this stuff, there's only one God that showed you what love looks like. There's only one God that demonstrated it. And number two, there's only one God that has uh, backed up what he's declaimed. Christianity, you want to know why Christianity is so scrutinized? It's because it's the only religion in all of the world that with its claims of it saying that the person saying that they are God, it's been backed up. Because every other God is man-made, false. And the reality of the matter is, is that what makes our religion so concrete and sound that the fact of the matter is when he said he was getting up, he got up. You can go to Israel right now and you will not find no tomb. You, excuse me, you will not find him in a tomb. You won't find his bones. You won't find any of that. Jesus is the resurrected Savior. His resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, proves his deity. His resurrection proves that he is who he said he was. Why am I talking about all of this before this? Because you have to understand where all of this is, how all of this lies. Because again, people have this worldview and other people have shaped your beliefs, which hinders you from progressing in your faith to God. That's the reality of it. And so a lot of times is this, we find in our, in our text, ladies and gentlemen, that the, when Jesus, he, he, he just fed the 5,000, and it was more than 5,000. It was more than 5,000. But he just fed them off of a few things. He sends the disciples away on the other side. He said, I'll catch up to you later. He goes and, he, he goes and he, he goes to pray. He takes his time to pray and gets to himself. One thing I love about Jesus is Jesus knows how to get alone. I preach the message called call an ISO. There are times where you got to get alone. You got to you have to get away from people. You have to get away from everything and isolate yourself between you and God and to rejuvenate after people have been pulling on you all day long. That's the reality. The reason why people are having so much mental breakdowns because they don't know how to get away. They don't know how to distract. They don't know how to detach themselves from their phone. They don't know how to detach themselves from clingy family members and all of that stuff. Hey, listen, I I just want to say this right now and make this very clear. Guess what? You cannot be everyone's savior. You want to know why you can't be everyone's savior? It's because the moment something happens to you, they will find somebody else to cling to. That's the reality. 
They will find somebody else. You will be somebody else. It don't matter. You will be somebody else. So why am I going to send myself to an early grave? See, the baby, he understands it. You know what I mean? That's my man. Thank you. Here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. They find themselves, Jesus is separated from them, and, and, and they're in the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee, ladies and gentlemen, is known for having sudden storms that just occurs. And it's known for it. So what happens is, ladies and gentlemen, a storm arises where the wind, ladies and gentlemen, would say it was boisterous. It was the wind was crazy. It was it was it, it, it was blowing the boat around. And, and it, I mean, I don't like. Listen, you will never catch Pastor Brandon on a cruise. I hate him. You will never. Cruises is not for me. I don't even like being on the sea. Uh, don't have me come on no yacht ride because Brandon's not going on it. They're nice. Yes, but we, no, it's not happening. Uh, the thing that they got me on recently was the, uh, uh, what's that thing in D.C.? The, no, not the Spirit of Washington. Uh, what's that other? Uh, the Odyssey. That's the latest thing they got me on. But those waters wasn't too big, so I could, I could handle that. I didn't have to get no, you know, drama mean and all of that nasty stuff to deal with seasickness. I don't, I don't like that. And then two, I don't like cruises because I don't want to see the same people every time. Like, no. I'm here for vacation. I ain't with no cruise. But anyway, uh, the, the storm just came, and they are panicking because it's like they're panicking through this storm, right? And so Jesus is not with them. They're in the storm. They're in panic and all of this stuff like that. They think they're going to die. And all of a sudden, while they're in panic, while the winds are going crazy, the waves are crashing against the boat, they see someone approaching them who's walking on water. The first thing they say, it's a ghost. Jesus said, I ain't no daggone ghost. It is I, be of good cheer. A lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, we get so caught up in where we are and what we're going through that we don't realize that Jesus is coming to us and we we perceive him as something else. It's a ghost. No, it's me, fool. (laughs) What's that still small voice in your head? Sometimes you be like, oh, this is not my thought. That's the Holy Spirit trying to warn you. Holy Spirit trying to tell you, hey, give you comfort, I'm here. So, ladies and gentlemen, they said, as Jesus said, be of good cheer, it is I. You don't have to fear. You do not have to fear because Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is near. So with him being near, they like, nah. So Peter speaks up for all of them. He said, all right. If it is you, then command me to come out here then. Well. <laughs> Jesus didn't go back. Come. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you know how some people... Wait a second. I didn't know he was going, <laughs> I know he was going to actually <laughs> tell me to come out on the water. I would just, just see it if that really was him or not. But here's the thing about Peter is that Peter was a little bit more forward than the rest of the disciples. He was a little bit more courageous, a little bit more than the rest of them. So when Jesus tells him to come, to come out on the come out of the boat, come and walk to him on the water, Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking. He's walking, he's walking, and he's walking, and he's walking. But here we go. Go to verse 30. Verse 30, real quick. And it says, But when he saw the wind was bolsterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Now, I want you to see something. A lot of times I've heard this text preached 
growing up in church, but I think something gets lost. The Bible says that when Peter saw the wind was boisterous. Now, the wind was already boisterous. They were already in a storm. What makes you think he saw the wind was? Because here's the thing that you have to understand. When you put your trust in Jesus... He gives you a certain calm that you don't realize that while everything's chaotic around you, when your eyes are on him, he gives you a calm, a peace while you're going through where you're going. That it's not that you're not mindful that things are going around. It's just that I, my focus is so locked on him that I have a trust that he's with me and that he's going to guide me. Like, see, that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I said it's, it's what you, when you take your attention off and you become to get distracted, you're not going to persevere in your trust with Christ when you get distracted and your eyes are on so many different things. It's not going to work. You get what I'm saying? It's not going to help you because what happens is, is that you can't walk on water in your own strength. You can't see supernatural things happen in your life that you can't explain out of you trying to quote unquote manifest it yourself. I know to the manifestors who watch and stuff like that. Let me tell you something. You cannot manifest anything out of sight of your strength. You are not God. It is God who manifests all things. It is God that brings things to pass. Now, listen. His Bible says he saw that the wind was boisterous. Now, the reason why when we are in the safety of the boat, we feel like the boat is going to give us some protection from the waves and the wind and all that stuff like that. We don't know how long Peter actually walked on the water, right? We don't know. I'm not here to guess. We don't know how long. But what I'm saying is, is that when you started walking, you started out in your faith walking with them. But then what happens is you start to sink when your eyes go on everything else. I want to give you the first point, and I want to show you this. I want to show you that do not allow the world around you to create distrust in Jesus. Don't allow the world that's around you, meaning that your personal sphere of influence, what goes on around you, not just what happens in the world at large. I'm talking about your world, your sphere. Don't allow it to create distrust because guess what? What happens is, is that you will allow your, your bank account talking to you, your job, your family issues, all of that stuff that can pile on and it intimidates you with walking with Jesus. You allow those things to intimidate you, but you were not intimidated while in the storm because you thought if it was Jesus, him telling you to come and you came out of the boat and you were walking. So the way you're going to sustain in your walk with Christ is by not allowing the world around you to create distrust. Why do you believe in this whole Jesus thing? Why do you be- why do you believe in what do you believe in? How's it helping you? How's it helping your soul? I don't care about all that. Your soul is the issue. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, people may not understand why I'm walking the way I'm walking, but yet I'm walking on water. And that's more than what you can say. 
Because the difference between Peter and the rest of the disciples is Peter is the only man who can say that he actually walked on water with Jesus. And what does that tell you? If he just, it wasn't that he had the greatest faith to believe that was actually Jesus on the water. It was that he had a little faith to say, if he tell me to come, I'm going to go with him. But here's where we, we are just like Peter. It's like I step out here. Oh, God, I'm outside by myself. The boat is behind me. The wind was already there, Peter. It was already going. The storm, the waves were already crashing around. And while you were walking, you weren't stumbling. Even with all of that going on, with your focus on Jesus, you just kept your eyes and you were going. But what happens is, is when he saw, when he saw, when he saw, when you saw. Let me tell you something. Faith is not ignorant to what you see. It's not when I say have faith about it, I'm telling you to be ignorant about what you got going on. You got a report from the doctor saying that you got this diagnosis. I'm not telling you you don't have it. I've heard people preach that to people. Oh, you can't claim that. No. If you got cancer, you have it. But here's the thing about it. My faith says, my, but my God, he's able to heal my body. It's not me saying that I'm ignorant of what I have or ignorant of what's going on around me. I just know who's greater than the thing that's trying to overcome me. I'm keeping him at his proper place. I'll get to that in a second. But we're, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that the Bible says, go to uh, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 7, it says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Let me tell you something. A lot of things that you see is not really what it appears to be. Some things, ladies and gentlemen, that you have to understand is that I'm going to give you this example. In the Old Testament, there was an account that was made uh, about uh, uh, Elisha and his servant and that there was an army that was coming against Elisha because he was letting them. He was telling the king of Israel what they were trying to plan against them. And so they were coming and they had a whole army ready and surrounded around Elisha. The servant went out to get, I'm paraphrasing in Pastor B style. It's almost like he went out the house to get, a, uh, to get the paper for the morning. And he goes out and realizes, oh my God, we have a whole army encamped around us. He goes back to tell Elisha like, hey, we going to die. There's a whole army out here. Elisha tells him. He prays, say, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that there's more for us than it is for them. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that Elisha, his faith knew that there was more for him than what was against him. That even though what you see may seem very bad, and it probably is bad, the great news that, that you can have and comfort in it is that God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. That's what you have to understand. And that's how you're going to persevere in your trust. Because then you get to a level of saying, when you really got true trust in Jesus, you're not trying to go in your own survival mode to make it happen. Oh, I got to make that happen. I got to make this happen. Let me tell you something. You, if you can't get through this life alone, you are not going to survive this life alone. Well, Pastor B, I've been by myself all this time. Yeah, I understand that. But guess what? Even in you being by yourself, it's the sovereignty of God that got you to where you are. Without his sovereignty, you would be dead. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there were times where God's sovereignty literally kept you from certain dangerous situations that you've gotten yourself into. It is the sovereignty and the divine providence of God that God leading and intervening in the affairs of man to steer you out of places that should have killed you. It's the reality. Let me tell you something. Nothing on this earth just happens. Nothing on his earth happens. There's a reason behind everything. There's a reason behind everything. And that's why you can't walk by sight. You have to walk by what? Faith. Faith is not ignorant of what's around you. It is the assurance and the conviction of who Jesus is that helps me to be able to know that my faith tells me that Jesus is present He's near to me and that I know he has intentions for me that even while I'm in this storm, I'm still going to survive it. That's what it's about. And so the Bible says, again, you cannot allow the world around you to create distrust because what happens is, is that Peter is walking great until he realizes that, wait a second, I'm actually walking on water and I'm seeing this wind and I'm feeling it. And um, now I start to panic. Here's why. Because the news souls panic. Social media puts panic. All of this stuff can create panic, and it makes you feel like, oh, my God, what I'm going to do? Every time I look at the news, there's always a new disease coming out. There's always a new variant. There's always a new this, a new that. And you're like, oh, my God, Lord, keep me from it all. I don't want that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I don't want any of that. You get what I'm saying? There's so much, so much stuff going on around you. And then, like, even, the, I can only speak for myself, even this week, there's a lot of people in our church was calling my grandma, grandma Curl, and she wasn't, she passed out. Then my mother not feeling great. Then my uncle was in the hospital because he didn't feel it. It was so many people getting sick at one time. Wow. I said, hold on now. You get what I'm saying? You can be overwhelmed by the world around you. It's like, dude, like, Lord Jesus, what am I supposed to do? Get what I'm saying? What I'm trying to tell you is you can't get distracted. Keep your focus so that you can keep walking. So that you can keep walking. Let me go to the next point here. Faith keeps Jesus in his proper place in your life. Now, before I expound upon this particular point, I want you to understand something. It is okay to have doubts, but don't stop walking. Amen. I didn't put that there, but I want to say, I want to share this with you. It's okay to have doubts, but don't stop walking. Here's what you have to understand about this. I don't believe ignorantly about Jesus. There are still questions that I have, but as I walk with him, my questions are getting answered. I don't stop walking because I have some doubts. I keep walking so that my doubts can lead to belief. Here's the thing that you have to understand. Doubts are natural. Natural. Doubts are natural. All of us, it's the human experience. All of us will have doubts. You hear what I'm saying? All of us, doubts are natural. The problem with doubt is this, is when it leads to unbelief. Your doubts should not, if you are a believer, your doubts should make you curious and lead yourself to seeking Jesus for the questions that you have. But here's what I notice about people. You have doubts, and once you have that doubt, it's like, ah, this Jesus thing is thrown. 
You throw it all away. You ain't sought nothing out. You ain't wrestled with God. You ain't figured nothing out. Because you're lazy. You don't want to do it. You don't want nobody being over you. You want to be God of your own life. I hope you know something. Guess what? You ain't, none of us are the God of anything. You are owned. Either you are ruled by the devil himself or you are owned by God. I'm trying to tell you, you, you don't run your life. It's the foolish things that human that human uh, that mankind think that they run stuff. It's it's so funny because you're influenced. All of us are. You don't run anything. You're influenced to run you into something, <laughs> either good or bad. Believe it or not, everything is under control in the heavens. You don't run nothing. The only thing you run is the choices you make by what you're influenced by. That's the only thing you have. You have the ability to choose right influences or wrong influences. You have the ability, Eve, to choose of to eat from the tree I told you not to eat of or not to eat of it. But guess what? Was she influenced? But your influence, but your influencers are not responsible for your decisions that they influence you with. They're not responsible. That is still in the ball is still in your court because you're not no robot. You are made with choice. So you have a choice in what you're going to do. So what I'm telling you is it's okay to have doubt, but it's not okay for your doubt to go into unbelief. Because then that's the sin. But having doubts is not a sin. I want you to understand that. You have to understand that having doubts are not a sin. It's the unbelief that becomes a sin. But I can have doubt and still walk with Jesus. Because there's still things that even I am still trying to figure out. Because you're not a real disciple of Christ if you don't have questions. You are not a real disciple of Christ if you don't have questions. Even the disciples ask Jesus questions. Like one of my favorite memes is Drewski when he says, what do you mean by that? That is one of my favorite memes. <laughs> That's what I be saying now. It's like, what do you mean by that? I want to know. What do you mean by this Jesus? And what do you mean by this Lord in this book? What are you talking about? What do you mean by that? That is one of my favorite memes. <laughs> Somebody say something weird, I start doing it. What do you mean by that? <laughs> anyway, but listen, you have to understand that Jesus is not scared or intimidated of your questions. He welcomes it. He wants to answer them. Guess what? Even when this all passes away, we will not stop learning about God. You will forever, you will take eternity to learn about the vastness and how great and magnificent God is. That's what I'm saying. You learning never stops. That's how you grow. That's how you continue to overcome your trust issues. But lastly, as I, as I wrap this thing up, faith keeps Jesus in his proper place in your life. What happens is, is that when you see the waves and all of that stuff going, you start exalting those over Jesus. And the problem is, is that you start making that bigger than what God is capable to do. You know what I'm saying? Like all of us have fallen prey to that every single time because we get out here. We're on faith. You know, we're feeling good until we recognize, recognize like, 
wait a second. I'm out here. <laughs> what am I going to do? And you start to panic. That's what caused Peter to sink. It was called, he panicked. He started to panic. I'm going to give you this example, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell on myself, and it's an embarrassing moment, and I think Vernon, my brother, will know what this is uh, when I say this story. We were um, taking a vacation on Orlando, a family vacation. And <laughs> we were at this spot called what, Wet n' Wild? So we was at a ride, right? It was one of those, those slides that had the little flush bowl and flush you out. Now, I'm not the biggest swimmer. You know what I'm saying? You know, I can't, if I can't stand in it, it's a no-go for me. If I can't stand it, I was young. I was around like the 12 or 13, 15, something like that. I don't know. But here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't know it was six feet. I wasn't six foot at the time. I didn't know it was six feet. And um, Vernon went before me, and then I got on the slide, and I was sliding. My eyes, the water was getting in my eyes, and I got flushed out of the bowl, right? I'm in the water, and I immediately start to panic because I'm like, I can't feel the ground. <laughs> I can't feel the ground. It's real. Like, oh, Jesus, my life passing before my eyes. And they're yelling, the life float is there. Just turn around, the life float is there. Come on, come on. I wasn't trying to hear that. <laughs> I was like, somebody, come get me. Help, help, help. Come get me. They were, the life float is right there. All you got to do is just turn around. My brother is laughing like, yo, turn around. I'm like, I can't see. I can't see. What does this story got to do with anything? The life float is right there. Jesus is right there. All you got to do is just cling to the, to the life float and let him direct you to safety. That's all you got to do. In that moment, I didn't see that. I was trying to survive, paddling or whatever like that, trying to go into, like, the lifeguard had to eventually come out, Doc, the lifeguard was right there. It was right there. Jesus is the same with us. Yo, I am right here. What are you doing? You up there trying to, <laughs> all this stuff. I'm telling you, it was embarrassing. I got another embarrassing story, but I'll say that for later. But anyway, but the life float was right there. All I had to do was turn around. Ladies and, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, all we got to do is keep our eyes on him. Hello, everyone. My name is Vernon Hill, Executive Director here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. What better way to grow in your Christian faith than in community with other believers? We invite you to be a part of Transform Life, our life groups here at TCF. Connect with any of our life groups for encouragement and support as you grow in your Christian faith. We're so excited to be able to walk this journey with you. Don't allow what around you because it, look, it sounds bigger, it's intimidating, 
You may be looking at stuff and you're like, how's this going to work? How's that going to work? But when you keep Jesus in his proper place, you say, all right, cool. But he's led me this far. All I do is keep my eyes on him. Let me give you some verses to back this up with. Uh, what we got? Uh, give me Hebrews 10:38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Why are you shrinking back? Live by what? Faith. The just shall live by what? Don't draw back. Don't draw back when stuff is happening. You got to live by faith. Run. Keep your eyes focused. What's the next one? I got one more in there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18. While we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. I got to keep my mind on what's eternal. All of this is temporary. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this world. Because when you try, when you're only living with this in mind, it starts being exalted over Christ. There's more to life than, than stuff, possessions, and all that, and all that is great. There's more to it. Set your eyes on things that are eternal. There's things that you don't see that are, that are, that are, that are uh, uh, in the spirit world that controls the world in which we live in. You may not know, but it's the truth. And sometimes our ignorance of not knowing that helps us not to understand certain problems that we deal with. That's why Paul was telling us, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That person you don't like is really a spirit behind him, operate, him or her operating. You don't really understand that. You don't understand that. I bet you know like 10 people off your mind right now you don't like. The Rev said that you got a spirit about you. <laughs> Your aura. Your aura. Ain't <laughs> right. Something about you, fam. But I'm serious. You don't fight against flesh and blood. You see what you see, but you don't know what's behind it. That's right. Stand your feet. We're done. We're getting out of here. So I want you to understand when you have trust issues, a lot of times your trust issues are formed when you take your focus off of Jesus and you allow the world around you to influence your mind of where you are. That's the thing that you have to understand. Listen, I'm trying to tell you and I'm trying to really convince you of this, that there is no safer place but then to be in the will of the Lord. I'm trying to tell you this really now. I, I, with where the world is heading and it's heading towards its end, I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to tell you the truth. The reality of the matter is all of this is fading. Since the ascension of Jesus Christ, this world has been on a fast pace to its end. Time is winding. The scriptures are being fulfilled. There's really not any other thing that Jesus that needs to be done before Jesus to get here. It's been done. But Jesus said, I'm waiting for the one. I'm waiting. He said he wouldn't want anyone to perish. And I want to give you the truth today. If you trust in him and you put your hope in him, it's a guarantee 
that while life will happen to you still, the great thing about it is, is that you'll learn how to overcome through the power of Jesus Christ and that it will never be a hold on you. And so if you don't know who Jesus is today, I want to give you the opportunity to know who Jesus is for yourself. I want to offer you the opportunity of knowing a God that gave his own life for you. That you and I were destined for damnation. We were on our way to hell. Hell was not created for us. It was created for Satan and his demons, but people go there not because of what you do, because of what you did not believe. I hope to tell you today that you may have this idea that oh, people go to hell because of what you do. No, you go to hell because you don't believe. Jesus, God's plan for eternal life is that people would believe on the son. That if any man, John 3, 16, if any man will believe on him, they will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the truth. I don't care how you put it or how you look at it. Ladies and gentlemen, the truth is, is that eternity is real. And where you will spend eternity depends on your decision on what you're going to believe or not. I don't care if you grew up in church. If you don't believe it for yourself, it don't mean nothing. I don't care what your parents did. I don't care if you were around it. You can be around something, but not in it. If you don't know Jesus, you are lost. The reality is the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Don't got to scare nobody to it. Because the truth of the matter is, one day I told somebody, well, I don't necessarily, they told me they don't really believe in it. I said, well, listen, one day we will see. Not here to argue with you. Here to tell you one day we're going to see. And if I was a gambling man, I would put my chances on a God that's actually got up. Rather than something that could be disproved. Let me tell you something. The Bible has been scrutinized more than any other, uh, any other book, any other text. Jesus has been scrutinized more than any other person. But here's the thing that's funny to me now is that even agnostics are starting to come around to the idea that there was a resurrection. And if there is a resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, they got to prove something. Now, I'm not telling you that they believe that he's got up, but there's, they're coming to the data. The data's there. <laughs> the facts is for this help. I want you to know today, as well as I know my name, that guess what? Eternity is real. It is just as real as what you see. And you make that decision today. All you got to do is believe that Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. And repent of your sin. You repent of your sin. Therefore, that man who was hanging on the cross with Jesus, he said, listen, if you get in paradise, like when you get to your kingdom, don't forget about me. Jesus said, he said, listen, well, this day you shall be with me in paradise ladies and gentlemen i offer you jesus today if you want to rededicate your life back to christ say hey pastor b i believe but i drifted away and you want to come back home to jesus you can do that as well if you're looking for a church home to be a part of because you're looking for a church home where you can grow and all of that stuff i would love to be your pastor i would love to serve you but guess what i'm more concerned about you actually getting me seeing you again not just seeing you here.
So with every eye closed, every head bowed, every person watching online and in person, I want everyone to repeat this prayer after me so you do not feel left out. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge today that you died on the cross and that you were buried and that you rose again. Today, I want to make you the Lord over my life. I want to make you my savior. Today, I'm putting my trust in you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, those of you watching online, text that number on the screen. Those of you who are in person, fill out that connection card, and we want to show you the way of salvation. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. We're getting out of here. Pastor Dom is coming now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.